week, but today I want to talk to y'all on the topic of when others keep setting you back. When others keep setting you back. Is there anybody here who's been set back before by somebody else? A lot of us, right? So I want to talk to y'all guys uh, on the topic or the story of Joseph. He's a, uh, I'm not talking about Joseph, Jesus's father, right? Or Mary's husband. I'm talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. He's, uh, he's actually, he actually plays a big part in the Bible. He's actually in 13 chapters of the Bible. So his story is very, very important. Uh, actually, from Genesis 37 all the way through Genesis 50 is the story of Joseph. Um, so he plays a big part in what Israel is today. Um, but much of Joseph's life, he, it, it includes a series of setbacks caused by other people um, that actually, uh, man, it, it, Joseph's life was, was, was hard. And we're going to talk about that right now. But it includes a series of setbacks that were very, very painful in Joseph's life. I'm not sure if any, anybody here who's been in a painful situation, am I the only one? Um, but everybody loves a good comeback story, right? You've seen the movie Rocky where he's getting beat, beaten right in the ring. He's getting, I mean, his lights punched out and then he ends up coming back and, and beats the Russian, right? That's my favorite one, Rocky Four. And, uh, and they, they recently made a new movie about Rocky called Creed, right? And it's, it's it, uh, the next generation and same thing with him. He gets beat, he gets beat the first time. But if you haven't seen the movie, I don't want to blow up for you, but... You, you already know what's going to happen, right? He, he loses and then he comes back and all that stuff. So everybody loves a good comeback story. But I want to tell you all something, that there is no comeback without first having a setback. So that's what we're going to talk about today is, is the setbacks in Joseph's life that were caused by other people. Um, the thing that makes setbacks so difficult is that we don't see what God sees. We only see the setback. We only see the trouble before us. And we don't see the bigger picture of how God sees everything. And that's what, what makes it so difficult. See, God sees, we see the trial, but God sees the triumph. Amen? And that's what, that's what Joseph's story is about, is, is, um, is looking into that. And the thing about setbacks, they are stepping stones in your life. Setbacks are stepping stones. You need to write that down if you're, not, if you're taking notes. Setbacks are stepping stones to launch you into your dreams and your destiny, into your purpose that God has for you. And um, God uses open doors and closed doors to redirect our lives. See, a lot of times we only think that we need an open door from God. I, I just need God to make a way for me. But really what he's doing is sometimes he's closing some doors in our life to redirect us into a different direction where he wants us to go. Are y'all hearing me today? Amen. Uh, so a little background story about Joseph. He, uh, well, his grand, great-grandfather was Abraham. Y'all know the story of Abraham. Abraham was, uh, was an awesome man of God, an awesome man of faith. And God made a covenant with Abraham saying that he was going to, have descendants as much as, as the stars and, and the sand on the, on this, uh, on the beach. And that, that's how many, he's going to have countless descendants. And so he made a covenant with Abraham. That's the Abraham we're talking about. Then Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. 
And Jacob has 12 sons, one of them being Joseph. So that's who we're talking about today. And Joseph was the, young, the second to the youngest out of 12 brothers. Um, and the thing about Jacob, he had four wives. This is Joseph's father, Jacob, had four wives, 12 different sons from four different wives. That sets, that, that, that's family feud right there, right? That's going to set you up for something crazy to happen. Um, but th- that's where we're going to pick up. So um, Joseph was the second to the youngest out of 12. And jo- I want to talk about six setbacks in Joseph's life. Are you all ready? And we're going to go to Genesis 37. That's where we're going to pick up. And the first setback that I want to point out in Joseph's life is rejection from those closest to you. The first setback in Joseph's life was rejection from those closest to you. And I want you, when I'm naming these, I want to see how many that can you identify with? How many of these setbacks can you identify in your life? Um, Joseph was ignored and mistreated and bullied by his brothers. I'm not sure if anybody's ever been like that in their family. They've been mistreated. They've been ignored. They've been bullied, but maybe not even by a family member, but by a, by a friend or some friend. Right. Um, or maybe a, a, an uncle or some some kind of relative that has uh, mistreated you or rejected you in some sort of way. So let's go to Genesis 37 verse three. It says Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. See, that's not right right there, but he loved him more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. And another translation says a coat of many colors or a bedazzled coat. So we know that it was a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And one night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. So here Joseph is. He's 17 years old. He gets a dream from God. And he goes and tells his brothers that already hate him. He goes and tells him the dream. And what the dream is, he tells them that the the sun and the moon and the stars, which represent his father, his mother, and his brothers, were going to one day bow down to him. And he goes and tells them that. And, uh, man, you got to think about that. He's 17 years old, and um, there's not too many mature 17-year-olds on this earth, right? <laughs> not, not to say anything bad about uh, down to young people, but th- there's some mature 17-year-olds, maybe like, um, like one or two in the whole world. But, um, <laughs> but here he is, 17 years old, and he comes and, and tells his brothers that hate him, tells them that one day they're going to bow down to him. That's not very smart, right? But he goes and does it, and it doesn't give them any right to hate him or to mistreat him. But they did hate him. And what they did to him is they threw him into a pit. The Bible says they threw him into a pit or a cistern, and they left him there. They were, they were, they were actually planning to kill him, to kill their brother. They hated him that much that they were going to plan to kill him. But they ended up throwing him into a pit. And this is the, the pit. That I'm, the first two points I want to talk about is this pit. So it's the the first point. The first setback is the rejection from those closest to you. And this pit represents rejection in your life. His brothers intended to kill him by tossing him into this pit. 
Now, I doubt there's anybody in your life that has intended to kill you and has thrown you into a pit, right? Maybe somebody here, I don't know, but I doubt uh, to this extent. But maybe there might be somebody in here where you are tossed aside in a relationship. Maybe you are tossed aside in your marriage. Or maybe you were tossed aside by your father or your mother and, and they spoke down against you and they spoke hurtful words to you that you'll never amount to anything. Or your mother, maybe she never paid attention to you and, and she was never there for you when you needed her the most. And there's been somebody in your life that has rejected you and you don't realize it, but you're living in a pit of rejection. And this was Joseph. He was in a pit of rejection. Um, but you, you got to think about that. Some of us could be in this same situation today. And I'm here to tell you that God brought you here for a reason. Amen. And there, there's, um, there's an antidote to rejection. And I, are you ready for it? Yes. It's acceptance. Acceptance. And the thing about acceptance is you can't get it from people. See, it, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be accepted. If you say that you don't care about what people think or whatever, you'll be, I'm telling you, you're probably lying. Because everybody wants to, to have a pat on the back and a, a job well done, right? Yes. Everybody wants to be accepted somehow. But if you live for the acceptance of others, you will also die from the, the rejection of others. That's right. Come on. See, so acceptance is something that you can only get from God. And Joseph here, the thing that I believe helped him through this was, see, his brothers rejected him, but his father accepted him. And I believe that was a foreshadow of his heavenly father accepting him. And he knew that all throughout his setbacks and through his trials and his troubles, he knew by that dream that God gave him that God accepted him. And let me tell you something, because we're the week before Easter and we celebrate the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. That's what we talk about during Easter. But Christ came down and was rejected so that you could be accepted. Amen. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was spit upon. All so that we could be accepted in heaven. So that we could be accepted by the Father. And you could only get acceptance from him. That's something we have to remember. And there's people here who are dealing, they're in a pit of rejection and they have wounds from loved ones. But the only one that can heal you from those wounds is your heavenly father. Amen. And it's not, you don't have to go to that person and say, hey, I forgive you or anything. Maybe you could forgive them in your heart because that person might not even be here today. They could be dead. They could, they could have passed on already and you still have that hurt from them. So it's not about going and looking for them or anything like that. No, it's about his acceptance in your life and forgiving that person and getting healed in your heart. Yes. Are y'all with me? Yes. So that was his first setback was rejection from those closest to him. And the second setback, we're going to read about it, is being sold out for money. Being sold out for money. And in Genesis 37, 31, it says, Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe that his father gave him in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? They don't even say to our brother. They says to your son. And their father recognized it immediately. He says, yes, he said, 
It is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, so they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. They sold him to some Midianite uh, traders that were passing by, and they said, instead of killing him, let's just sell him for 20 pieces of silver. And that's less than the amount that somebody would pay for a regular slave at that time. They would pay 30 pieces, and they sold him for 20 pieces. So they sold him out for money. Um, and and this, this is crazy because it says that all the brothers thought this was a good idea. To let's sell him to, to, to be a slave. And that, this just shows that the majority is not always right in your life. A lot of people think that just because the majority thinks it's right, that it's the right thing to do. Or just because everybody's doing it, maybe I should do it. But that's not true because... Majority does not decide morality. Morality does not depend on the majority in your life. Are y'all hearing me? That's my daughter back there. She's going crazy. She's, she's amening me back there because that was good. But we can't leave moral judgment up to others. See, that, that's the problem with a lot of people who don't really believe in God. They think, hey, well, I'm just going to do whatever I feel is moral, whatever I feel is right. But in that case... You end up selling somebody out for money. Or that's why people end up, there's murderers out there and, and people that are, are criminals out there because they've already decided, they, they look to themselves for their morality, what moral standards should be. But we're supposed to look to God for those moral standards. So he was sold out for money. And that could have been, man, it, that could be anybody here. In the business world, that happens all the time. Friends sell out friends. For a quick buck. And they put money before their family. Or they put money before their wife. Money before their children. And they end up selling you out. Maybe you're that son today. Or you're that daughter. Where you were sold out for money by a parent. And I'm here to tell you I'm sorry. That, that's not of God. And no matter what you've gone through. No matter what you've been through, I'm here to tell you that I'm sorry. And it's, it's, not, it's not God's plan for you to be hurt. But God will use those stepping stones in your life to launch you into your destiny if you allow him to. There was uh, one time one of my friends tell me, they're, they're actually my friends. A few of my friends are uh, Christian music artists. They come on, on the radio and, and stuff like that. And they're telling me a story that they're writing music with a friend. And during the writing session, they, had a, they made a really great song. And, but later on, it turns out that that friend um, was in a studio one day. And he was uh, getting ready to record that song. And another prominent uh, music artist came into the studio that day and heard that song. And he wanted it for himself. And they ended up discussing it, and um, 
he says, okay, well, I'll go ahead and do this song for you, and I'll, I'll put it on the radio because he he's a popular artist right now. And he says, but you have to take that person's name off of the, off of it, off the rights, my, which are my friends. He says, you have to take their names off of it um, as far, for the royalties. So only them two could get the royalties. And so that guy, which was supposed to be friends of my friends, he ended up agreeing to that Christian artist and saying, okay, well, we'll do that. We'll take their names off and we'll go ahead and do this song. And that's exactly what they did. And he ended up selling out his friend for money. All because, I mean, that song could have been more popular and made him more money. And that's how this world operates right now without Jesus. That's how this world operates. They operate, they sell each other out for money. I mean, family could do the same thing. Um, maybe you might have a, a business with your family and, the, and something like that has happened. I'm not sure. But um, that same thing happened with Joseph. And the consequences for the brother's evil motives in Joseph's life were incredibly painful. Because it wasn't just, hey, well, we sold them out for money, whatever, we're, we're going to be greedy. No. It was incredibly painful. It changed the course and direction of Joseph's life. And see, a lot of times we think that people's words or actions in our lives were kind of nothing or whatever. I got over it, but they didn't realize. Y'all don't realize that, that those words or that rejection in your life are being sold out could have shaped the course of your life and made you who, who you are today. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all with me? And in minutes, Joseph goes from being his father's favorite son in his father's house to a slave in someone else's house. He goes from a bedazzled coat of many colors to being naked in the course of minutes. And he sold out. See, a, a setback that this could be a setback in your life where you felt like you lost everything. You felt like you lost everything when this setback came into play. And this leads me to my next or my third point, which in, in Joseph's life, his third setback was the loss of his identity. Losing your identity is the number three setback. And this one's huge, huge to me because I'm actually in the middle of a series right now with the young people with Limitless on identity theft. Um, we have one more week to go. So Limitless, make sure you are there Tuesday, 730, our house, be there. Um, Losing your identity. This is huge because the enemy loves to steal people's identity so that they won't ever be what God's called them to be and that they can't destroy his kingdom like they're called to be to do. And that's what he does. He, he, he blinds you. He steals your identity, makes you, making you believe that you're something else, that you're not something that God never intended for your life. And we go our whole entire lives living that lost identity, living that false identity. And he loves to slip fake ID cards in your wallet. And he tells you, hey, you're fearful. Hey, you're insecure. Or hey, you're, uh, you deal with anxiety. And he loves to tell you that and you're going to be like that the rest of your life. But that's not what God has for you. God has peace. He has joy. He has love. Yes. He has great things in plan for you. Yes. And at the end of this, it says, meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. So this is where they sell him off to, he goes to Egypt. He completely loses his identity, who he was, 
the Joseph that people knew was completely gone. They thought he was dead, or his father thought he was dead. His, his family thought he was dead, except for his brothers. They knew what happened to him. But here he is. He lands in Potiphar's house. Now, Potiphar was, like it says, he was an officer of Pharaoh in Egypt. And so he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house. And this, just like the first area, was a pit of rejection. This is uh, Potiphar's house, which represents insignificance. He becomes a slave. This setback of losing your identity could have happened in your life. Man, after a divorce, you lost your identity. You lost your identity as a, maybe as a wife or as a mother or as a father or as a husband. Maybe after a, a bad breakup, you lost your identity. You lost your identity after a job loss or a business failure. It could be anything where you, something that you found your identity in was taken from you. And I want to tell y'all guys that even though that may have happened in your life, God has an even greater identity for you. Because that's what he had for Joseph. Even though Joseph's identity was taken from him, he had an even greater identity for Joseph's life. Um, But here's Joseph, and he loses his identity, and it's a setback in his life, but it's not the end of the story. I want you all to hear me. Your setback is not the end of your story. Uh, My wife, Trelawney, and I were uh, in Louisiana a couple weeks ago. Her family's from Louisiana, so we went to go visit them a few weeks ago. And um, of course, going down I-10 East, you always go through Houston traffic. Has anybody ever gone through that way? So on our way back, um, don't ever travel with a two-year-old and six or four-month-old, by the way, um, seven hours, all right? Um, Just to give you all a heads up. Um, But we're on our way back from Louisiana and uh, all of I-10 was shut down. Like, who shuts down I-10 at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday? Why, why would somebody do that, right? We had no idea why. But anyways, they shut down I-10. We had to take a, a route off to I-45, which I don't even know where that leads. But we had to go down I-45, and we had to find our way out back to the right road to I-10 to get back home. But wouldn't it have been silly... If we hit that traffic and we hit that closed road, and I told my wife, Trevlin, wouldn't it be silly if I told her this? Hey, well, I mean, I guess we just got to stay here. We got to stay in Houston, maybe get a hotel or buy a house, right? Because I-10's closed. Um, Wouldn't that be foolish if I did that, right? No, but I had to get back on. I knew we had a destination, which was home. We had to get home. We were tired. We were hungry. We had crying babies in the car. So we knew we had to get out of there as soon as possible. So I want to tell y'all guys this is your setbacks are not the destination. They're the detours. Your setbacks are not the final destination for your life. They're not the end result. Whatever you've gone through in your life that has been heavy or hit, hit you hard, it's not the end result if you don't want it to be. That's right. It's just a detour. It's a redirection in your life to what God really has for you. Amen? Yeah. And even though that shaved off a couple hours, two hours or so uh, on, our, on our way home, mm-hmm. and same thing with setbacks. They'll shave off sometimes a couple of years off of your life. 
In this case, it was 13 years that Joseph went through these setbacks. 13 long, hard years. From the time he was 17 all the way to the time he was 30. And, but he got there. And that's what I'm going to tell you all today is you're going to get there if you allow God to let you. Amen? Amen. So the fourth thing is being forced to take a job you don't want was his fourth setback. Being forced to take a job that he did not want. He didn't want to be a slave. See, he lost his identity. They probably put, I mean, a wig on him, makeup, right, in Egypt, and some super, a short skirt. I don't know how Egyptians dressed, right? But they changed his identity. They put some eyeliner on him. And, and then they forced him to take a job that he did not want. Can anybody relate to that? Where you end up having to settle in a job that you do not want. And it feels like a slave labor in your life. It feel, you're, you're not enjoying life. You're, you don't feel like that's where you're supposed to be. And you feel like it's a major setback in your life is your workplace. You don't like the atmosphere. You don't like, I mean, uh, what you're doing. And you're forced to take a job that you don't want. And like I said, in the matter of days, this is Joseph's life. He goes from being a son in his father's home to being a slave in someone else's home. And that's how you may feel right now in your workplace or in your job. But he's doing work that he never expected himself to do. Maybe one day you were a business owner, owner and you had everything going for you. And next thing you know it, you're, you have to settle for something else. Delivering pizzas or, or something like that. And something that you don't want to do. And it, it ends up being demeaning work in your life. The secret, though, to Joseph's life that I noticed is that he did much with what was given to him. He took, he gave meaning to demeaning work. And I believe that's the key to our life, to wherever you're at in life right now. You have to give meaning to demeaning work. I remember uh, about eight years or so, or so, I was at a job for, for about five years. And it was okay at first. Um, but after a while, I did not want to be there. It was, I didn't like I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like the position. I didn't like the pay. Um, part of it, or most of it was outside. Uh, when your weather's right, like right now, it's fine. But when it's, I mean, the middle of summer and it's 110 degrees, it's hot, right? You don't want to be outside. And so I was in that job for a long time. And, um, and I didn't want to be there. And I felt like, I was like, man, I, I don't think this is, I don't, I don't know if this is what God has for me or whatever. But I worked it the best way that I could have. And um, I did the best I could at that job, and uh, God blessed me, and he, man, I witnessed to so many people during that job. There's so many people that God allowed me to witness to and to share the gospel through that job. And uh, many other people that were around me were blessed as well, like the, the, the owner, and even my next job after that, the owner in the office was blessed, and I believe it was because of God's favor on my life. And... Um, but I, I remember God called me out of that, that job. And, and, um, but that job, it set me up and it, um, man, it prepared me for my destiny. That job, that, that, job that I, I didn't like and I didn't enjoy, it prepared my heart. It, it gave me the skill that I needed to do what I'm doing today. Back in the day, I was a super shy person. I didn't talk to anybody. I was, I was shy. I was insecure. I, I was always quiet. And... Um, but but that, I believe that God used that job to help me to be able to connect with people because that's what I'm doing today. 
as pa- pastoring, being a pastor here in this church, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. Not just me, but all of us is connecting with people and being able to understand people and understand what they're going through. And uh, I'm telling you today that whatever place you're in right now, whatever job that you don't want to do, God has you there for a reason. He has you there to develop something in you for your destiny or to make an impact on those around you. Are you hearing me? And that's what he has for your life. Um, But the thing about Joseph is he saw that it was he was working unto the Lord, not unto man. And Colossians 3.23 says this. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than working for people. And see, that's the secret to wherever you're at. If you're discontent, that's the secret is work unto God, not unto man. And I I promise you, he'll give you, he'll make you feel significant. He'll give your demeaning work meaning wherever you're at. And he'll allow you to make an impact. Um, Listen to this. Before you can operate in your destiny, you have to learn how to operate in your duties. Someone slap your neighbor and tell them to wake up. Because that, that was, I, I should have gotten a better amen from that. Before you can learn how to operate in your destiny, you have to learn how to operate in your duties today. And Joseph's work showed his excellence and it gave him promotion. And he was put in charge of all of Potiphar's household. And we can read that in Genesis 39. Verse five, it says, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was, and then it goes on to say that, but Imagine that, that his master didn't worry about a thing except for what to eat with Joseph there. And, but the thing is that, that Potiphar's wife began to look at Joseph lustfully. And in verse 6, we can continue. It says, it says Joseph was a very handsome and well, well-built young man. So that, ladies, you could score points right there and just nudge your husband. Say, that's you. Um, <laughs> A very handsome and well-built young man. Um, (laughs) And so let's read that story. So check this out. It says, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me. She, She demanded, but Joseph refused. He said, look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He says, he has held me back from nothing except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. That's integrity. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. See, that's setting parameters and boundaries in your life. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in uh, to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from her house. 
When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak here behind me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. And she goes and tells him the same story. And then listen to this. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. Man, so this fifth setback is being punished for doing the right thing. Being punished for doing the right thing. And just like we talked about the pit of rejection and the insignificance of Potiphar's house, this is the prison of bitterness. And lots of times we get punished for doing, the, doing wrong and we get what, what we bring upon it on oursel- ourselves. But in this case, he did the right thing and he was still punished. And maybe there might be somebody here today who's done the right thing. You said the right thing, but a relationship was destroyed or a marriage was destroyed. You tried your hardest and you you did the right thing. You came to church, you gave your life to God and it still didn't work out. Or maybe you've you've been in church before and and you tried church, but you were hurt once before. By maybe a pastor, maybe by a leader, someone in church and they hurt you. And that wasn't God's doing, but it, it was man's doing. But it could be something in your life that have, has brought punishment upon you. And you have, the, you have a choice to make. You could either choose to be bitter or choose to be better. Right. And in Joseph's case, he, he did not. He had an opportunity to be bitter at Potiphar's wife for doing that. To be bitter at Potiphar for treating him harshly and throwing him in prison. He even had the opportunity to be bitter at God. He tried to keep his integrity. He said it would be a great sin against God, but yet he was still thrown in prison. But see, this setback, like I mentioned, it's not the end result. And I'm telling you that there's, a, there's this thing. is A lot of people think that, hey, I'm only going to serve Jesus or I'm only going to serve God um, if everything goes good. And that's not the, the right mindset because I'm here to tell you that when you... You give your life to God, not everything is going to go good. I guarantee you things might even get worse. Because Jesus says this. He says that in this world you will have many trials. But he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. So you're going to go through things with or without Jesus. The question is, do you want to go through them with somebody who's already overcome them or not? Right? So... I don't know about you, but I'd rather go through something with an overcomer like Jesus yes. than go through it by myself. Yes. To go through fire, to go through the pit, uh, the pit, the prison, Potiphar's house by myself. I'd rather him be with me. Yes. So that was the fifth thing is, is being punished for something, for doing the right thing. And the thing about Jesus is he knows how to triumph the trial. He knows how to triumph your trials and your troubles. So we had to trust him. And we can't, a lot of people are so 
quick to be offended. Yes. And, oh, they go get, get a flat tire. And, oh, God, I, what, what's up with that? I'm here serving you, and now I get a flat tire. And that's just what happens when you drive on tires too long. Tread begins to fall up and fade away, and eventually tires pop. It's science, right? Simple science. And everybody wants to bring science into everything, but when it comes to, hey, something going wrong for you, you want to blame God, right? But... See, we can't be quick to be offended. Trials are going to come. We, we can't blame God for our own mistakes, our own stupidity, for not changing out our tires, right? Or putting air in our tires. So we had to trust in God for everything. And this is, listen to, Joseph was falsely accused for rape. Can you imagine the attack on his character uh, and the attack on his reputation that this had? Accused for rape. And he had built himself a, a good reputation, he was in charge of his, his master's household. So I, I got to hurry. I know I'm running out of time. But can you imagine this? But Joseph, like I said, could have gotten bitter, but he decided not to. Instead, God used this stepping stone for his destiny. So let's move on. Genesis 40. Genesis 40. And the sixth thing is being forgotten by people you have helped. The sixth setback is being forgotten by people you have helped. And we're going to read this. So Joseph was in this prison and God gave him favor. There's these two men. Um, one was a butler of Pharaoh's and one was a cupbearer. They get thrown into prison and they both have dreams. So we're going to read that. So verse eight of, of chapter 40 says, while they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Listen to what Joseph says. Interpre interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. So go ahead and tell me what the dream, the dream is. So even in prison, he was looking to God as his source. In verse 14, we could skip to that. And, and this is what Joseph tells. He ends up telling them their, um, their story. He tells the, the, the butler that, he, that his dream meant that he was going to get executed. And he tells the, tells the cupbearer that he was going to be restored to his old position. So this is what he tells the cupbearer after he interprets his dream. It says, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he may, might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews. And now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. And then listen to this, verse 20. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his uh, chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the, Keith, I'm sorry, the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his, his dream. And then listen to this. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Man, there may be somebody in your life has, that you've helped and you were there when they needed you. But when you needed them... They were not there. And there may be people in here where you've done a lot for somebody. Maybe you've done a lot for your children. 
or you've done a lot for your, your parents and you feel like you were forgotten or you feel like you were unappreciative, unappreciated. So there could be somebody like that in here where you've gone through something in a similar situation and you're stuck in a prison. See, that's the thing. A lot of times we don't know we're in prison, but we're stuck in a prison of bitterness. And it's not your fault. See, none of these setbacks were Joseph's fault. They were other people's fault. See, but you had to make the decision to get out of that prison if you want to or not. Because the thing about the prison that some, some of us are in, there's no bars. There's no bars. The door, or there's, the door is wide open for you to get out. But it's just a matter of you wanting to step out or not. Yes. Instead of staying into the, in that prison. So, Joseph, like I said, Joseph's setbacks were not his fault. There were other people's. So I want you to get this. That Joseph's setbacks were not a punishment. They were a preparation. Yes. Come on. And your setbacks in your life are not... They're, they're not for punishment. They're for preparation to prepare you for your future. Um, it took him 13 years for this preparation. And I want to give you two things really quick. How did Joseph get through his setbacks? The first thing that he did was he relied on the presence and power of God. Yes. And I don't have time to, to read all the scriptures to you, but you can read them. Acts 7, 9, Genesis 39, 1 and 2. Genesis 39 and 20, they all say, there's about six times where the scripture says, the Lord was with Joseph. In the pit, the Lord was with Joseph. At Potiphar's house, the Lord was with Joseph. In prison, the Lord was with Joseph. You had to realize that the Lord is with you. You had to learn to trust him even when you can't trace him. And you had to learn to tune in to his presence. And I want to tell you and encourage you all with this. In despair, he is there. In your despair, he is always there. Setbacks can't keep God back from you. And he pursues you. He pursues us even more than we pursue him. And the second thing was he relied on God's plan and promises. See, God gave him that dream. He knew his, his, the, God's plan. He didn't know how it was going to go. He didn't know he was going to have to go through all of those setbacks. But he knew God's plan for his life. And I want to read y'all this. I want to finish off with, with Genesis 50. And it says this. It says, then his brother. So Joseph ends up going to the palace. All right. And he ends up. Man, he ends up Pharaoh's right-hand man. There's no other man in all of Egypt that has more authority than Joseph. Y'all can read the story for yourself. And this is what Joseph says. His brothers come to him for food. And Joseph ends up, God uses Joseph to save two entire nations, Israel and Egypt. And both nations will be wiped away right now, non-existent if it wasn't for Joseph at this time. And his brothers come up to him and he ends up forgiving them. And he ends up making men's with them. And he says this in verse 18. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. That was his dream. Look, we are your slaves, they said. 
But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. See, so people are going to intend to hurt you. There are going to be people that will hurt you. But I'm telling you that you can use that stepping stone. God can use that stepping stone in your life to launch you into your destiny if you allow him to. And here's the thing is your comeback is not for you. It's for others. God used Joseph's comeback to save two nations, to save others. And that's what the, the, the reason, that's the way he wants you to be. That's the comeback that he wants you to have is for others. Amen. So let's just bow our heads and let's close our eyes at this moment. Let's close our eyes. Let's just focus on what the Holy Spirit's speaking. Some of y'all are going through things. And I'm here to tell you, God's using it. It's not a punishment for anything. God's using it to develop, to mold you, to develop your character. If Joseph would have made it to the palace at 17, it would have destroyed him. Same thing with you. If you would make it to success before your setbacks, that success would destroy you. So God is preparing some of y'all guys. Just right where you're at, just lift up your hands and sign.